Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis, Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I'm so happy that you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. Please note I am not a doctor or a health professional in any way. If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor or mental health professional. First, uh, I do want to say quickly that we are not doing video because I look like shit. <laughs> I'm getting eye surgery. Mindy's laughing. I'm getting eye surgery and they have to do measurements on my eye. And I have the thickest, ugliest glasses. So Mindy gets to see me looking ugly. Mindy, I'm usually just absolutely gorgeous. Like this is just ruining my face. <laughs> she keeps laughing. <laughs> okay, so today we are talking about German new medicine with our wonderful, knowledgeable listener, Mindy Atkin. Mindy was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in her late teens and then later had the diagnosis changed to UC, which I've heard of many times. After over 15 years of being symptom-free, she maintained her disease by taking mesolamines in 2019 following a two-year period of being off medication completely. After a short succession of unfortunate life events, she entered her worst flare to date. After three eight-week rounds of prednisone, she was then given the option of biologics or pouch surgery. Mindy is a certified integrative health coach and currently studying the educator course in German New Medicine at the Pilhar Academy. Welcome, Mindy. Hey, Jay. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. We're so excited to talk to you. You're from Down Under, so you're part of my accent club, which is always good. We love our Australian listeners, so uh, so good to have you here. According to echowellness.com, German New Medicine, or GNM, is a set of healing principles discovered by a German medical doctor. Do you want to pronounce the name? Is it Gerd Hammer? Yeah, Gerd Hammer. Oh, Gerd yeah, Hama. Hama, okay. yeah. <laughs> Between the late 1970s until his death in 2017, the core idea of GNM is that traumas cause the body to respond in primal ways to help us survive. In other words, symptoms that we think of as disease are often attempts by the body to help us, including joint pain, headaches, autoimmune disorders, infections, and even cancer. Each symptom relates to a particular trauma. So now that we have a working definition of GNM, Mindy, how would you explain GNM in a nutshell and how did you get involved with it? Yeah. Um, so GNM, my understanding of it in a nutshell is it's concerned with the cause of disease. I know that a lot of kind of alternative medicines talk about the cause of disease and GNM is a causal therapy. So to find the cause of the disease, whether it be chronic diseases, cancers, or allergies, and it all stems from what they call a conflict shock, which is the trauma of which it affects the person, the individual on the level of the psyche, the brain, and the organ. Yeah, really kind of comprehensive picture of what happens biologically to a human being when they experience a conflict shock and how that affects every level of their being. So how did you first get involved with this? Because you're studying at the Pilhar Academy and, and what what drove you to this? I was in the middle of the worst flare that I've had to date, which I was yeah in a pretty bad place. I'd taken some time off work 
And I was just, I was kind of grasping at straws. I was seeing my gastroenterologist who had suggested that I go on a drug called 6-mecaptopurine, which is, in my understanding, my layman understanding, is highly toxic. And I didn't want to go on it. I was going to do anything I could to avoid going on to that medication. So I was researching and I just, I saw a post on Instagram that was by Dr. Melissa Sell, who I now know has a lot of experience in German new medicine. And I kind of just followed things down the rabbit hole, started just gathering information. I eventually worked with Melissa on trying to heal my condition um, and made good progress. I'm still not there yet, <laughs> but that's how I got into it. And I just started reading and listening to podcasts. And then I um, started studying it, just self-paced study, not under anyone in particular. And things just started to really click and make sense. And I think the biggest thing for me was like, I always believed that A, the body was not attacking itself. Like I just thought that's just a ludicrous idea. Why would your body do that? And then when I learned about the, always knew about like mind-body medicine and that connection. But then when I learned about the psyche, the brain and the body and how German new medicine explains that and the connection between them, it, it just all made sense to me. And then I started to see kind of evidence of it, not in my own body. It's it's always hard when it's yourself, I find, to kind of work things out. But my son, who he had a wart on the bottom of his foot and the skin program or brain relay is to do with separation, a separation conflict. And it, it appeared after we came back from holidays with my mum and then it disappeared when we moved back down here. Um, that's it's a very simplistic explanation of it, but it, yeah, it, it's just amazing. In German New Medicine, the five biological laws are crucial to understanding it. Could you take us through the laws and explain the idea of the conflict shock? Because this is the core, as you said, and it is. It's so fascinating, and it explains so much. So please, Mindy. Yeah. So yes, the conflict shock is the centerpiece of German New Medicine. German New Medicine is also called um, Germana Shaharkunde or GHK. Conflict shock is also termed the DHS, which stands for Dirk Hummer syndrome. And that came about after Dr. Hummer's son, who was shot in a tragic accident um, and eventually died in his father's arms several months later, fighting for his life. And Dr. Hummer developed testicular cancer after that. And he discovered that this was a healing phase following the loss of his son. So the DHS or conflict shock is like a trauma. It's a shock to the body. There's three criteria that need to be met to be a conflict shock. And that's that it must be highly acute, dramatic or serious to the person. So it's individual and everyone's going to experience it individually. 
isolative in the moment. I like the example that if there's a little kid on the street and a dog comes and jumps on him like he's and no one's around to help and there's you know no parent there like he's kind of isolated no one can help me at this point and then caught on the wrong foot so it's unexpected you didn't expect it to to happen as i said before it, it will be dependent on people's perspectives so one person may experience an incident as a conflict, the another person may not. One of the examples that I've been taught is, say, a husband cheating on his wife, that to someone may come as a conflict shock and they may experience Durkheimer syndrome, a conflict shock, and to another person they may not experience it and may think, oh, good, I'm glad, now I can get rid of him. So we have that original conflict shock and then what yep. happens? Okay, so the first biological law of nature or natural law is the iron rule of cancer. And so that in itself has three criterion. So the first criterion is that all special biological programs, which are the programs that run in our body to heal the shock happens, and then you're in a conflict active phase, and then you go into a, a healing phase. So, and that's what we call the, the special biological programs that stems, originates from the conflict shock. So as soon as you experience that conflict shock, the program begins. And then that happens synchronously on the psyche level the brain level and the organ level. And there's evidence of that can be um, found on CT scans in the brain and also the organ. The second criterion is that the content of the conflict shock determines the location of the special program that starts. For instance, with like ulcerative colitis, it's a indigestible morsel and it is the digestive tract. So the digestive tract brain relay. So it hits the part of the brain that controls the digestive tract. And then the program starts in that. If you reacted to a conflict with a separation, like it was a separation conflict, then it would appear on the skin and it had hit the part of the brain that controls the squamous epithelium in the, the outer skin. The third criterion is that from the development of the shock right through until returning back to normalisation, Everything runs synchronously on the psyche, the brain, and the organ level, which kind of goes into the second biological law, which is the law of two phases. So you have what they call the conflict shock, and then you go into a period of conflict active, which often you don't really pick up symptoms during that phase. So it, that's a very sympathicotonic. So you're in a stress phase, you're high stress, mm. lots of cortisol. You're on, you can't sleep. You've got cold, you know, cold hands, cold feet. You've got uh, obsessive thinking about the conflict because your body's trying to solve the problem. So you'll often wake up at, you know, that three o'clock in the morning and you'll be thinking about it. You'll be dreaming about it. You'll, it's just kind of like all encompassing. So you're in the stress phase of it. And provided that you find a conflict resolution, 
you then go into the healing phase, which is when often you run to the doctor. So that's when the inflammation starts, when the bleeding starts, like for ulcerative colitis and Crohn's. It's where the body is because all healing is undertaken in a fluid environment. So there's swelling, there's, you know, can be pus, blood, all of that kind of thing. And then in the middle of the healing phase, you may briefly go into the stress phase again, which is called the epicrisis or the epileptic crisis. And that's when your body is kind of at that point where it's going to go back in to healing again, but it goes back into a a crisis and then goes back into what we call the scarification phase, which is kind of everything starts to settle down and makes its way back, hopefully, to what they call eutonia, which is normalization of the body. So that's the law of two phases. The third biological law, it's the ontogenetic course of like the SBS or or can't what Dr. Hummer kind of termed everything cancer. So whether it was cell proliferation in a tumor or whether it was ulceration or cell minus with cell degradation. So everything kind of was a cancer or cancer equivalent. And okay, so like even UC to him would be mm, cancer equivalent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, and then we've got the different layers, the different germ layers. So from a kind of evolutionary perspective, like when we're in the womb, the embryo goes through development of different germ layers. So you've got the endoderm, which is the inner germ layer, and that's kind of like the gastrointestinal tract. So, and Mm -hmm. then you've got a mesoderm layer, which is the middle germ layer, the connective tissue, bone, muscle, things like that. And then you've got the ectoderm, which is the outer germ layer, which is the skin and also parts of the rectum with the endoderm, which is glandular-like tissue. So that's basically our whole gastrointestinal tract with the exception of the small curvature of the stomach. And that proliferates in the conflict active phase. So that will develop tumors or like polyps are often seen mm. on colonoscopy. So that would be a proliferation of cells. So when you've got tumor growth in the active phase and then in the healing phase, the tuberculous bacteria breaks down the tumor, which is where you get like little bits of tissue or blood in the stool and and that's a healing phase. And that's when people panic. That's when people like yeah. me in the past, that's when I go, oh, my God, shit, this is bad. And it's actually from the perspective of German new medicine, it's the healing phase. It's the body actually healing itself. You've done the hard yards, you've solved the conflict and you're in the healing phase. With ulceration, the endodermal or like parts of the rectum, you've got cell loss in the active phase, which is also numb. And then in the healing phase, you've got cell restoration, which again is all the the swelling and the tissue restoration. And again, 
it's, well, what we would term symptomatic, like it's when you get the bleeding and the pain, like that rectal pain, the rectal spasms, things like that. So, yeah, it, it, depending on the germ layer of tissue, but with it, it reacts differently. But mainly with ulcerative colitis and Crohn's, you're either going to have the endoderm or you're going to have the ectoderm tissue. So cell proliferation in one phase, in the active phase, and cell loss in the active phase in the other. It can get a little bit complex. <laughs> okay, but, so let me, yeah, yeah no, let me, uh, let me see if I can just really simplify. And this is a very simple mm. way of looking at it. So basically, mm. we start with the conflict shock. Yeah. Something happens, something bad happens, we get that shock, our body memorizes it. Our body memorizes it in our cells, our DNA, our organs, mentally, emotionally, physically, the whole thing. Our body, as you like to say, or as they say, takes a snapshot, right? Mm -hmm. So then once that happens, then you go into the conflict active phase, which is the stress phase. And you're trying to figure it out, right? You're, you're trying to figure it out. Then disease shows, well, disease presents itself in the body noticeably, and you go into the healing phase, which often looks like a flare to us or something like a flare. And you keep going when you're in the healing phase, you can go kind of, I don't want to say in and out of it, but there's parts of it. There's, you can go to healing, you can go to stress, but the healing phase is really fascinating. And this is what separates German new medicine from everything is because mm -hmm. the healing phase is actually that phase where you're bleeding rectally, you are having colon spasms, you are it's having 99 poos a day, you're having terrible anemia, you're having all of that. But the way German New Medicine looks at this is it's healing. It's not something to be scared of. And I think this is a huge point. I talked about it very quickly two episodes ago with the trauma energy healer session I discussed. And it takes off so much pressure when you finally realize that, fuck, you're like, fuck, I'm bleeding again. And I used to be that person. I was that person two months ago, three months ago, where I'm like, oh my God, I'm... Ah. And I, what did I do? What did I eat? It's always that for me. What did I eat? What did I do? And it just really helps me and takes so much of the stress off when I can say, okay, you know what? My body is healing. This is a sign. Now, if it gets out of control, I need to get medical attention and everyone needs to get medical attention. This is not something you suffer through at all. And I talked about that on episode 45, I believe. It's actually just such a new, wonderful way of looking at a flare where you take the fear factor out. And I think that's so critical because I have been so taught in just less than two years that it's all about the food. And I had something happen. Oh, no, I talked about this where I talked about my dog being sick and everything where I was eating fine. And it was just so I was so damn stressed that, you know, my stomach was doing crazy things. So anyway, I digress, but I hope that mm. helps simplify the phases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I get a bit like caught in my head when I'm explaining it. But no, no, yeah, it was that, a really good explanation. Yeah. So I want to continue with mm. your idea. And let's add in the idea of tracks. And I am saying T-R-A-C-K-S. Or yeah. tracks. And yeah. the idea of getting stuck on these tracks. So you gave me a very clear example of a tract in 
track, I cannot say this word for some reason, (laughs) track in our email exchange. Please explain. So this is one of the most fascinating things with GNM that I've found, especially because I, you know, have the UC, a chronic disease, but everything that is chronic, every disease that runs chronically runs on tracks. Now, according to German New Medicine, at the time of the conflict shock, your body, as you said, Jay, like takes your psyche, your brain takes a snapshot of what's happening. So everything from smells, so all your five senses are involved. So if you ever kind of see someone who's under, you know, who has a shock like in that stress phase, everything opens, everything becomes more acutely aware. So your taste, your body, even like the substance that your body is taking in. So whatever you're eating, whatever that contains, like the gluten, the sugar, a a particular, you know, food additive, food color, whatever, it takes a snapshot of that. The environment, the people that are present, the colors that are present, just every single minute detail. And those things. Every sense, you guys, every, every sense, all sense. the five senses. So when we talk about a snapshot, not to interrupt, Mindy, don't think yeah, of yeah. it as a photograph or a video. Think of it as a snapshot of your life right now. Everything you smell, touch, hear, taste, everything. Continue. Yeah. It just, it takes it in. So all the sensory information and stores it in the brain. So next time you experience that smell, that taste, that ingredient, your body is goes into the the shock, not the shock itself again, but your body remembers it's like an early warning system. Like it's like, oh, danger, you know, and then it starts the conflict, the the SBS, sorry, the special program without having to fulfill the three criteria of the shock. So you don't have to experience the actual shock again. It's enough to eat that gluten or drink that milk and your body will go in and start that program again. And this is where in GNM they call it a hanging healing. So you're constantly going in to the conflict active phase, then the healing phase and the conflict active phase. But the healing phase never actually finishes because you're you're in and out in and out and that's when you find people who end up having the surgery because they can't get off the tracks you'd need to resolve the original conflict for those tracks to no longer be applicable but you can avoid the tracks that is a type of therapy as you may call it, you can avoid them. So if you find that you drink milk, for instance, and then like you go, you get that really colicky, constipated feeling, and then you go have diarrhea. If you avoid milk, it doesn't happen. So this is where the food sensitivities come in according to German New Medicine. It's not actually your body. Hmm. It's running on a track. So energetically, so your psyche, your brain and your organ, which is, yeah, just fascinating. Just fascinating. And you gave me a really good example in our email, and I'm just going to summarize it really quickly, Mm -hmm. where you basically said that, let's say you are having breakfast and you get a phone call that 
I don't want to like, I don't want to fuck up anyone right now. <laughs> you, get, I know. You, get a, you get a phone call that your spouse got into a car accident. They're not dead. They just got into a really bad car accident. Okay. You're told on the phone, it's really bad. At the time you're eating breakfast, so you're eating eggs and you're drinking coffee, your body takes that live snapshot. And then a lot of the time, now you're going to have problems with eggs and coffee. So that's what you're talking about. I thought that was a really good example you gave me because I was like, oh, that's a really great way to say it. And that's a, and I'm trying to think too for myself about when I've had conflict shocks, was I eating something? What was I doing at the time? Now, my question is with the conflict shock and the tracks, and you say you can avoid the tracks, how would you do that with a child? Like if you have a child with UC where let's say they've had a really good life. They haven't had like a crazy abusive life, but they still have UC and they're still diagnosed at nine years old with UC. Is it possible to avoid the tracks? So this is like where conventional medicine or alternative medicine comes in handy. Like if your child's experiencing, let's just use the milk allergy because that's a very common one. You notice that every time the child drinks milk, they have a reaction. So you can avoid it that way, like just from observation. The other way is, is that if you go and see a naturopath, they'll most often test for food sensitivities and you can kind of see if they're sensitive to that. It's it's not going to be like a lifelong thing, but you can see on test results, oh yep, their you know, their body's reacting to this substance and then avoid the track that way. Children a lot of the time will resolve their conflicts intuitively, or adults do as well, by observing what the child is reacting to, you can avoid avoid it that way. You had discussed the idea of the indigestible morsel or the morsel conflict, which has so much to do with UC and IBD. So would you expand on that a little bit? And do you have a morsel story you can share with us? Just before I came into my flair, I think it was around about 2019, I experienced quite a few indigestible morsels, like things that I just could not process. I just, yeah, it was just really difficult for me to digest what was happening. And it's all about, like, it's not just about the food morsel. It's about something that you're finding hard to accept or to assimilate into your life, body. We uh, had to do IVF to have children. We've got one little boy, thank goodness, and because I've got blocked fallopian tubes. After we had our little boy, we wanted to have a second one, and so we went through eight rounds of IVF, and on the last round (laughs) we got um, an embryo to freeze, and so we went in for our last attempt at having a second child, and we got pregnant which we were so excited, and then at 16 weeks we unfortunately lost the pregnancy and I just, that just just destroyed me for quite a while and I found it really hard to digest, very hard to accept, and it took me a long time to kind of process that. And around about the same time I was managing a surgical clinic and I was accused of bullying which um, actually went to legal proceedings, which was very stressful 
in itself. And I found that very hard to take because I, I felt it was very unfair, unjust. And you were cleared of everything. I think you told me, I was right? cleared of everything. Yeah. It's, which is, you know, that's, it's great. But I find with those sort of things, once it's happened, it's really difficult to, I found it really difficult to process it and to. It's traumatic. Yeah, it was. It was really traumatic. I don't wish it on anyone. So I ended up leaving that workplace because it was very stressful and then the IVF thing happened after that. And then I, I did get a new job but I was let go in my probationary period and that for me was a really big kind of stab in the heart. I was gutted, like literally gutted by that because I'd been in the industry for, you know, 20 years and I had – yeah, the the position that I got let go from was actually a, a lesser position that I had been working. So that hit me very hard and, again, was very hard to process. Around at the same time, we went through major renovations in our house because my parents-in-law had to move in because of their financial circumstance. And, yeah, that was really hard. Although I, yeah, I had agreed to that. The reality of it was very, very different. And I found that very difficult to process. And then I just, I went into a flare that I'd never experienced before, like the pain, the bleeding, and me being a little bit stubborn and not really wanting to go down the conventional medicine route didn't see anyone for quite some time and got into you know pretty precarious situation but yeah that's my morsel story but I, I truly believe like now learning about German new medicine and those indigestible things that happened and then went into a major major flare I it just makes so much sense to me and the tracks thing like coffee is a major track for me because I remember when I got let go I was drinking coffee Mm -hmm. alcohol is a huge a huge track for me me too main mainly because of um traumatic experiences as a child that related to alcohol but yeah I've managed to I was gluten-free and dairy-free for so long because they were clearly tracks as well but, yeah, I, I've somehow, I think, been able to let that go because th- those things don't affect me anymore, which is really good. Amazing. With relation to Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, different kind of conflict contents will affect different parts of the intestine. And the further it gets down to the rectum, the more kind of insidious and ugly the conflict is. And I think because I had a lot of rectal issues because mine was that kind of that accusation, that, yeah, yeah. really horrible, shitty conflict. <laughs> so Literally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's very interesting. Um, and the further you go into it, yeah, and kind of research the different areas of the colon, like the small intestine, it just, it's like, wow, this is amazing. I can relate to what you said about you know, the job thing and maybe perhaps just putting it out there. So universe is saying you need to go a different course job wise. Yeah. Um, just throwing it out there because you're a light worker. Definitely. I can feel that. And I know that I haven't talked about it much on this podcast because there's legalities behind it and I have to do an episode on this at some point, but 
it's just, it's so negative to go back into, but I had befriended someone years ago. I grew very close to the person, did not realize the person met this person, befriended this person under a complete fake name, whole thing. And they stole thousands from me. I got the money back through the court system because I had found out that this individual had stolen from so many people. And when it got to me, I said, I'm stopping this. I don't want one more person to go through what this person went through. So I had to work with the police in my town at the time, not this town, but somewhere else. Long story short is I was reading something about same thing the other day, and it was about people who have been scammed. And it was about the scam artists and everything. And this one woman was describing her experience, which was very similar to mine, and she called it an assault. And I thought it was such a good word to describe it because I had never, I could never put my finger on it. I was like, this is, this is trauma. It's this, it's that, but it's something else. And I can't really put my finger on it. It sounds like with the job thing, being accused of what you're accused of, it's an assault. And it makes sense that it imprints on our body the way a physical assault would. So I found that really interesting too. And I can go on and on about that, but that's why I like German New Medicine is because it recognizes all of that. Totally. And that's what I love about it is because it takes account of like the psyche, the brain and the, the physical, the organ level of trauma. So how has German New Medicine overall helped your life and helped you heal with regard to UC? It's helped me take the fear out of it first and foremost. It just felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders and I wasn't kind of all doom and gloom. Oh my God, my bloody intestines are going to fall out. It's <laughs> just like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm Fall out feeling. through your butt. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, <laughs> how it feels sometimes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was just, I guess, the awareness of learning about how different conflicts affect different brain relays and and your body and the content of the conflict and it increased my awareness about how I perceive things as well so it wasn't just a physical thing for me it's definitely increased my awareness of like okay how do I how am I perceiving this situation and be less susceptible to um, to conflict shock. Your vital energy, you can either be building that up and supporting that or you can be depleting it. And the more you deplete your energy, like by drinking alcohol, if it, you know, if it affects you poorly, <clears throat> not exercising, not kind of having a holistic lifestyle, then you become more susceptible, like your vital force is weakened. And the weaker that your vital force is, the more susceptible you are to conflict shocks. And and that's like my belief. But yeah, so it's just changed things in a way that I want to become more robust in my awareness to yeah, kind of, I mean, you're going to experience conflict shocks and they do say like according to German New Medicine, like people do um, have about 10 conflicts running at any one time and that they're unconscious, of course, and they're running through our bodies. So you're never not going to have a conflict happening. But just becoming more robust, I'm trying to think of a word, Dr. Melissa Sell calls it something, uh, anti-fragile. That's not my term. That's um, I heard that from Melissa. But to become anti-fragile 
and be able to roll with the punches rather than kind of like feel it like hit you. I'm Mm. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's what I wanted to ask. And I wrote this down and I forgot Mm. to talk about it. But the idea of rolling with the punches, what I found with people with UC in particular, and I've had people write to me about this, that a lot of us have type A or perfectionist personalities. And because of that, so let's say I have a speaking event and I don't do a good job. Like I just don't. Or I have a podcast episode and I don't do the best job, right? There's two ways you can look at it. Now for me, as a type A personality, I'm going to be upset for weeks. Someone else who just like, oh, well, fuck it. I didn't do a great job. I'll do better on the next one. Shit happens. That's it. You're going to get that too. And I'm just curious if they have anything or you've noticed anything about that perfectionist personality experiencing more conflict shocks versus someone who has more of a relaxed, what's the word, relaxed outlook on life Mm. where they have less conflict shocks. Yeah. I I truly believe that type A personalities are more susceptible to conflict shocks because they've got the you know not that other people don't have standards but our bars are set <laughs> so high something that would not affect anyone in the slightest like becomes this massive big thing to us and it's i definitely think that having that kind of personality affects how you see the world how you see yourself and how your like your psyche might be operating and the filter that you filter the world through. To be honest, like people who I've met who have UC or Crohn's tend to be those perfectionists. Yep. And also, I mean, I'd love to, I love human design as well. And I'd also love to to know the, the percentage of manifestors that have UC. <laughs> That's something I'd be insanely curious about because, you know, manifestors, tend to be that that kind of type A personality. When you have such high expectations, things hit you differently. It can be a conflict shock, a a shock to the system, whereas someone else, like my husband, who is a total opposite to a type A, is just really chilled and, he, you know, my husband just roll, roll off his back. And, you know, it's... Yeah, it's quite fascinating, but absolutely 100%, I believe, that type A personalities are are more susceptible. Yeah, and when I follow some of the listeners on YG, I follow a good number of you at this point, and you can see just from the Instagram accounts, a lot of you are type A like me. You know, you're not going to do everything. I mean, you're not going to do anything half-assed. I see it by the way you look and by the way you present yourself. So we're all the same here <laughs> in that. And I think there is something to having more of a carefree way of looking at things. And I've done that for myself where I've been a guest on podcasts and sometimes I just don't, sometimes I listen, sometimes I don't. If I felt that the interview just maybe wasn't my best day or something happened or maybe we had problems with the audio, I don't even waste my time listening because to me, it's just not worth it and get myself all in a frustrated ball. So I just kind of let that go. And that's something that I have learned versus when you come on this podcast, any listener, I try to have a 
standard for audio and for this and for that. And, you know, you never know until you click that stop button and then you hear back the recording if something went wrong. But for the most part, I try to do everything right. So I ensure that that guest has the best audio. I try my best, but not everyone does. And sometimes you just have to let that one go. So I'm learning that to my life, just to <laughs> let that go. I had an incident the other, not an incident's a strong word. I, it was a good thing. I had something the other day where I submitted my novel and I had a, what is it called? A revise and resubmit request. I talked to an agent on the phone and she gave me some advice and it was great advice. And I had already sent the novel out to three people that I really wanted to read it, uh, two agents that I really like and one editor. And I was like, now the old me would have been freaking out and been like, oh my God, I already sent it out, blah, blah. And I just, I just said to myself, you know what? These are people. Just write them a note, explain the situation, say, you know, I wrote something along the lines of, hey, I got really good, invaluable advice from an industry professional, and I'd like you to spend your invaluable time reading the best manuscript possible. Do you mind if I resend in July? And they, so far, two out of three have written back, great, thank you so much. So I think, too, it's just taking it down a notch I've learned. So thank you so much, Mindy, for this incredible explanation of German New Medicine. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, just as Mindy Atkin. Um, and if you're wanting to chat about German New Medicine or anything like that, you can contact me there. Okay, perfect. And do you have any new business or anything coming out soon? There may be something in the, I've had something in the pipeline for years. And um, yeah, as I get further through my studies, I definitely in the future will be helping people with UC and Crohn's from a German New Medicine perspective. So amazing. Yeah, so <laughs> once you put this all, yeah, amazing. Once you put mm. this all together, you can come back and we can promote that. But right now you can do Mindy Atkin on Instagram and it's Mindy M-I-N-D-I. Atkin, yep. And I will put that in the show notes. And in my household, when we have a perfect shit, you know, when it slides out of your body, it's a perfect color and solidly formed. And you're so proud of yourself that you turn around the toilet and you go, wow, we call that a green heart. What do you wish everyone, Mindy? I wish everyone a green heart day. Well, Mindy, thank you so much. This was such an amazing explanation, the way you broke it down. I am so happy you came on and that we connected. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm going to document it right here. I think the job situation you talked about was probably the best fucking thing to ever happen to you. And uh, I have a feeling you're going to be uh, in six months to a year, I'm going to see you in a whole new business arena. So I'm really excited yep. for you. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I absolutely admire you so much and adore the work you do. You do such a fabulous job, Jay. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Take care.